G'day listeners and welcome back to another week of the Keeper League podcast. Uh, with our AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't focus on the superstars, we focus on the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring some value to your fantasy teams. As per usual, I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going mate? Very well, Half Yourself? Yep, not too bad. Uh, another great weekend of uh, just watching footy. Went down and watched the um, under-23s showdown with uh, Louis and Checkers from Lane Kicking. Uh, been hanging out with them, those guys a bit for the last few weeks, just watching all the trial matches, so good fun. Uh, blokes that definitely know their fantasy football, so follow them on uh, at Lane Kicking, I think, on Twitter, and uh, get around their podcast as well. Now, I asked you to keep an eye on Ben Keyes for me, and I had no correspondence. What's going on? Yeah, I didn't see much of him, mate. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't really... It was a, it was a hard game, because it was pretty pretty average, really, because of mm. the... Um, because of the... Uh, I guess the, 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 the under-23s that are playing, yeah. yeah. Um, so, he didn't stand out, but like it was crazy, because even people like, um, you know, uh, Chase Jones, like... Mm. It was weird that he was even playing because Port, like all their youngsters, none of them played. Like anything that look, anyone who looked like playing round one, and really for the Crows too, anyone that looked like playing round one didn't play. So it begs like to, I guess, makes me wonder that why mm. was Chase Jones playing? And he could barely get a kick out there as well. So it was really concerning. Interesting though, like uh, you know, I think sometimes good footballers struggle when the ball isn't coming to them well. You know, like when you actually have to go and get your own kick in a, in a lower leg, sometimes it can be hard to adjust when your kind of level is a touch above. So yeah, I don't, don't know. Off, I wouldn't worry too much. About I was just worrying, wondering why he's actually playing if he's going to be playing round one because it looks like no one else out there that would be playing round one was playing round one. So that's the only thing that was a bit concerning for me because maybe he's not actually in the Crows' best twenty-two. I think he would have to be Chase Jones, especially just the way. Yeah, just the way they kind of the the side that they fielded. And then the way that he played, mm. just a little bit of concern there. That's all. Mm. Interesting. Um, anyway, so we're drinking some uh, Remedy Kombucha again tonight, guys. Secret sound, ready? Yep. And okay. tonight we've got the uh, raspberry lemonade flavour. So, Kays will do his weekly taste test. Mm. What do you think, mate? Delicious. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? It's just a nice little subtle raspberry flavour too. Yeah, it's not too sweet, not too uh, sour. No. It's beautiful. Magnificent. Yeah, so we'll move on from kombucha. Uh, thank you, Remedy, for supplying us with some uh, refreshments for this week's podcast. Absolutely delicious. <laughs> and we'll move on. Uh, what else has been happening, Kay? Is you're putting out your keeper list still, aren't you, on the uh, on the website? I am. I have actually finished them all now. So we've got um, uh, James from the coaches panel going out tomorrow. Then your boy, HK Doss, will drop on Thursday. And uh, we're actually drafting on Friday night and yours will be the final article out uh, there. And unfortunately for listeners, uh, Hef's list actually looks very good, which is um, quite sad. Went, uh, what I go, 18 and 3 last year. And I think the three I only lost because yeah. I didn't realise we are playing through by-round. By <laughs> yeah, 17, so. 17 and 3. <laughs> and where'd you finish, mate? Uh, third. Yeah, you missed the grand. <laughs> missed the, lost in the prelim. <laughs> I think in the grand final, I smashed everyone's score as well. It was a heartbreaker. But anyway, uh, we'll have to see what happens this season. That's that's ultimate footy, man. Or that's that's fantasy footy. You just got to be in the finals and anyone oh, can win. Man, I can sit here and talk about woulda, coulda, shoulda, but mm. at the end of the day, I didn't win. So I'm out for redemption this year. Uh, the Bad Dream stuff, uh, we're still uh, trying to get that up and running. So if you see any videos, just retweet those. Get in yep. touch with uh, Port Adelaide. I think it might be falling on deaf ears, but uh, we'll have never to wait know. and see. You we'll never know. Sometimes these things go real underground and then just sprout out of nowhere. How long do we push it for before it just becomes sad? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe another week. <laughs> all right. We'll give it one more spin and see if we can get any uh, any traction there. Um, all right. Let's get into some news, Case. Mm, there's been a fair few, uh, I suppose, big name injuries over the last kind of week. So, uh, we've got five in our show doc here. So, obviously, Adam Trelaw is the main one, um, you know, in terms of real fantasy potential. Uh, a slight hammy for him. Uh, then, obviously, Tim Taranto uh, popped his shoulder out and he's going to miss about three or four months, which yeah, is uh, huge. I read so, five months today. I don't know how really? accurate was that. But oh, yeah. It just gets worse every, yeah. every time. Uh, Zach Williams, also a bit of uh, doubt about his Achilles and is uh, in doubt to miss round one, which is interesting. Uh, Sean Darcy uh, having a few issues at Frio and just a bit annoying for him. He just never seems to be able to put everything together in terms of his body. And uh, Blake Hardwick's the other one who will miss uh, about three months with a, a pec injury. So, uh, puts him on the back foot too. So, do you want to kind of look at some of these uh, ramifications, I suppose, Hef? Yeah, we'll probably talk about Tim Taranto a bit tonight because there's quite a few questions about yep. him. Adam Trelaw, Kays, uh, mm. who, well, who do you think that affects if that hamstring is, uh, I guess, going to keep him out for a while? Who do you think well, brings in and replace him? Well, you kind of think that size, the next cab off the rank, or potentially Wills if yeah. uh, he's around the mark. So, Does it mean more midfield time for someone like Callum Brown as well? You'd think so. Uh, 
He's just that smaller yeah. kind of mould, whereas Trelaw's that big bustling kind of inside bin. Well, yeah. he has the speed and potentially someone like Side doesn't have that natural burst um, ability. He, he might just They might just want that bigger body in and around the ball. Probably keeps Rupert Wills in the side as well for longer I'd, too. I'd say he's around that mark Even too. Even though he doesn't score that well, those point per, yeah. points per minute numbers are okay. And if he gets the tank up, although on the weekend it didn't look like he was playing anything different. so And yeah. it probably makes someone like Scott Pendlebury who was potentially sliding out of you know fantasy relevance, you know, just purely because of age, not because of anything else, you know, just means that he might have to play a bit more uh, on the ball. So, um, could be handy for Pendle's owners. Now, Taranto, there's a host of names, probably the deep, or by far the deepest midfield mm. in the AFL. So, yes. Taranto's out. doesn't really, I don't know, like there's going to be someone to replace him. So, a lot of people saying it's now Hately season. So, mm. it could oh, be yeah. coming in. Uh, Green on the weekend showed some promise too. With Green, everyone's gung-ho on him, but you've got to realise that Hately looked exactly the same last year in the yep. preseason as yep. well and couldn't crack into the side. Off the top of the show, I just want to give a word of warning to all these people who are on the Tom Green train. Just calm down. Yeah. Like Jackson Hately is, I would say, a better player. He was doing exactly what Green was doing last year. Hately was absolutely stiff not to play basically every game last year. So this is his time to shine. Not to mention, if you look at their junior numbers as well, Hately was playing against grown men Real and men. actually scoring proper fantasy scores, like yep. 120s and things like that. Whereas Green... His numbers were okay, but he was only playing in the uh, in the uh, NAB League mm. and, yeah, not scoring anything like Hately was as a junior. And yeah. then Hately did the same thing last preseason, looked like an absolute jet. Yeah. Also, he went huge in the NAFL. He didn't go under 100 in the NAFL, did yep. he? No. Nah. Yeah, yeah. And so, he still couldn't crack a game. So, we really got to cool our jets on green because that GWS midfield is just crazy. It's still definitely the salary cap hype that's yeah. coming through. And, and that's fine. I completely understand that. But the other guy that's a bit forgotten in all this is Jai Caldwell too. So, yeah. you know, his numbers weren't as great as Haley's were last year in the NEFL, but he's probably the second cap off the rung there, I think, just purely because of age and, and where he, the GWS list is. So, uh, yes, Green's impressive. Yes, guys like Ash are impressive, but I think it's definitely Haley's season. Uh, looking at Zach Williams now, mm. there's ramifications here as well because Zach Williams was one of those players that probably w- did move into the midfield a bit more mm-hmm. when all the injuries hit last year as well so it kind of opens another door there but then you've got to think about guys like um, okay like Harry Perryman does he now go into the midfield into that spot and kind of ruin those back well I don't know he's got back status and not at footy so it's okay but ruin that DPP chance in the in the classic version but also keepers going forward yeah I'm big, on, one. I'm big on Perryman kind of stepping up his scoring this year with no yeah. Zach Williams the other guy who I'll talk about a bit later on is Heath Shaw it kind of makes him a bit more relevant again yep. because someone needs to play that genuine halfback running role uh, kickouts, you know, Williams did used to take a lot of kickouts. Basically, might mean that he sure becomes super relevant for one more year. And I had a lot of concerns over Nick Haynes, but if this injury is going to keep Zach Williams out, mm-hmm. then he's back into contention for mine as well. For sure. Sean Darcy just yeah. lob, isn't it? Lob's just going to go huge as yeah. a ruck. Or uh, Lloyd Meek, you might have to uh, start <laughs> taking him as a, a Sean Darcy owner, which is a bit of a that one. So that's an easy one. Just keep your yeah. eye on Lob because I think he becomes a, I don't know, I think he's always going to be a keeper but for most teams, but um, he's going to be actually a decent scoring one if Darcy's out for some time. Yeah. Now, Blake Hardwick, Kays, you're yes. probably more versed on the Hawthorne uh, kind of smaller defenders, <clears throat> running defenders, um, because you own Blake Hardwick, plus you always <laughs> bang on about uh, another heap of defenders that I don't even wouldn't even know they were existed if you didn't talk about them all the time. Look, so what do you think is going to happen? Well, I think uh, we haven't really seen much of Jack Scrimshaw. He was injured a bit last year. Um, big recruit kind of in from Gold Coast the year prior. Actually has a bit of fantasy pedigree. So I'm going to be very interested to see what he does this year. Uh, I think he might uh, kind of slot into that Hardwick role quite nicely. Potentially my boy, Harry Morrison. Oh God, I, just, I was could, hoping he wasn't going to go Could there. he get a reprieve? Could they no. throw my boy Jimmy Cousins back there? No, none of them. No. Um, <laughs> they could. Damon Graves was kind of impressive in their, their trial match last week. Uh, it's actually going to be very interesting. I think this is going to be a big watch game uh, for Hawthorne this week just to see kind of who slots into that halfback flank role because uh, obviously Hardrick was very uh, important to their structure and how that all operates. But uh, who kind of takes his position and points, we'll find out this week, I think. I'm hoping it's Jack Scrimshaw. Love for that guy to just get a run. Me too. All right. Uh, let's have a look at the Marsh Week 2 uh, Round Rewind. All right, time to review a few of the Marsh Series games. We're going to go back to last Thursday night. 
case, I believe you were at the uh, the golf club still, so you couldn't actually watch your beloved Essendon play. True. It was actually amazing that they won. Yeah, I know. We would have thought this time of year that teams, uh, underdogs will be winning. Who, who knew? Yeah. I actually I actually had a look at it, so I'll talk about a few players um, tonight, Kays, and you can let me know what you think about the uh, Essendon players and whether yeah, I'm on the money. Definitely. Um, all right, so let's start with West Coast. So, so Jamie Cripps, he had 70 from 84% time on ground. I talked, uh, spoke about him a couple of weeks ago. So, I reckon he's just a great F5 type of option where he just gets just between 70 and 80 each week, but because he had such an injury-affected year last year, he's going to be slipping down in the ranks. Um, he was averaging in the 60s last year. He was, uh, like I said, I said a couple weeks ago, he was one of my players um, in my premiership year that I guess I needed at the kind of lower end of my forward line. And I think even in the, the last four rounds of the season, he went at close to an average of 90 for those last few weeks um, in finals time. So that's just gold if you can get a player like that that has the potential to go up. Really, his floor should be around the 70 mark when he's um, when he's uh, fit and firing. And mm-hmm. the only thing is he doesn't go big too often. But a uh, handy player to have. Can have a few stints further up the ground, little runs through the midfield. Not big runs, but every now and then he gets it. So can be a handy uh, option there, Case. What do you think? Yeah, handy depth player. Um, I doubt he'd be kept kept a lot. So nah, be in pools. But uh, as we said, I think we've talked about him a bit. But just one that you could probably get nice midway through a draft, you know, where people are kind of looking for, you know, either someone to break out or potentially a bit more of a bigger name, whereas Cripps just does what he does each week and uh, it scores you those 70s, which is quite good. All right, moving on to the next player I had a look at, which was Nick Natanui. So, 64, which isn't great, but he only had 51% time on ground. Now, I know he does play low time on ground, but I still think 51% is even too low for Nick Natanui. Mm. So, this won't be um, accurate of what he'll play in the season. So, if he goes more around the 65, 70% mark, which I think is probably what he's going to get to, um, especially if he can stay injury-free this preseason, actually get a preseason under his belt. Um, look, I think he can average in the high 70s, low 80s if he's actually fit playing that kind of 70% time on ground, I think. Um, look, he's really one to think about if you need a ruck. We talked about this last week mm. where you have to use at least two spots on Vardy, Hickey, now maybe even Bailey Williams or Oscar Allen could do some rucking too. Yeah. So, um, they're not rucks in fantasy, so that really hurts you. So, you, it's like I can actually see if Bailey Williams keeps tracking the way he will, I can actually see him being the backup ruck um, eventually as well. So, it's going to be a bit tricky, especially if they're not rucks in fantasy. So, you're going to have to use a whole heap of spots trying to get a handcuff or whether you just kind of don't try to get that and you try to pick up someone like Pitney and hope um, Cruiser gets injured or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. That could be an option as well. But uh, look, Nick Nano is there as a ruckman. He'll probably be in a lot of pools just due to the injury history. If you're desperate, which I know people in our league are and actually traded to get him, he could be an option. Yeah. Look, I don't think the time on ground thing's uh, that worrying. So, I was actually just looking at his stats then. So, back in 2018 when he played the most you know, footy in a season, he's played for quite some time. He averaged 80 from 57% time on ground. So, Bullshit. Yeah. 57%. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. So, uh, maybe he won't get up to that 70%. Well, it doesn't really matter though if you're oh, yeah, yeah, those yeah. numbers. So, he, he had 100 points from 56% time on ground and 115 from 63. Oh, I did not know it was so that low. he does not need much time. Like his tackle numbers, those games are through the roof, but that's what he does. So, um, you're probably never going to get more than an 80, I suppose, from him. You know, because he's just going to go hard, and then go home in a way. So, yep. but you know, as you, as you said, especially if you're in a, a league where you play two rocks, uh, he could be someone that you could pick up super late um, and um, yeah, get that pretty valuable uh, rock points that you need. So I'm going to talk about a key forward in this next one, Kay, and that's uh, Josh Kennedy. Oh, yeah. You're, you're pretty happy about that. I'm actually yep. funny to talk about one. So he pulled yes. out a 93, but he had to kick six goals to get there on a completely depleted uh, Essendon side. He had 80%, 88% sorry, time on ground, so he won't get anything much more there. I reckon this is kind of like his ceiling this season is those 90s. Um, yeah, Essendon absolutely rubbish. No Hurley after three-quarter time. I don't think... This is going to be a realistic reflection of how he's going to score this year. But look, there's good signs that he's actually fit and uh, could do something this year as a forward. Man, I talked about it in the pod. I'm quite keen on JK this year. Yeah, he'll be available in a lot of leagues. Which is what you want. And, you know, we're crying out for F4s, F5s. And if he plays 20 games this year, he's going to average you 70, 75. You're not wrong with the, yeah, the, the low on forwards. I'm actually in the middle of a startup keeper league draft mm. at the moment offline one. And there is nothing left, really. I just took Lipinski in the seventh round because there's absolutely no forwards left. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, it's quite dire out there. So, you're going to be picking up a lot of players like this, I think. And he's going to be ranked so low from his scores last year so I think you're not going to 
pay overs for him at all. You're going to get him super cheap, super late, and if it works out, you're going to look like a genius. If it doesn't, you haven't lost anything. Correct. All right, let's move on to some Essendon players. So, Will Snelling, Kays, he had 20 possessions, yeah. seven marks, seven tackles, and two goals for an 113. Mm-hmm. So, he went up 1.3 points per minute. So, for me, he becomes now a real watch list player. So, we talk about this, uh, we've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast. So, he has awesome state league numbers last season, 100 plus averages in the Sample and VFL last season before getting picked up in the mid-season draft. Mm-hmm. He was in the best 22 at the end of last year for Essendon and played in their finals game uh, against West Coast, wasn't it, where you got done? over there we got smashed um, yeah but anyway good signs because he's in the best 22 I think he could be a handy late pickup as a forward I reckon Oh, I'm massive raps on Will Snelling I think he hasn't put a foot wrong since he's been at uh, Essendon yeah um, you know averaging 100 plus in the Sandville and VFL last year that to me speaks volumes he slotted into the AFL uh, level with no issues at all and I think just where Essendon are at the moment with their list you know if you look at their um, injury list that came out today like they've still got so many good players on that so I think guys like Snelling um, and a couple others we'll talk about later they're going to get opportunity early in the season so once they're in there I think it's up to other people to kick them out and I think Snelling he was playing in that side late last year for me he's easily best 22 at the Dons and I think he's someone that um, he's he's obviously going to be available a lot of leagues because it was that um, mid-season addition to their side. So, uh, I reckon you could get a real bargain with Snelling this year. We bang on about his uh, Sanford numbers and his VFO numbers from last season, but it's a pretty different role. He was playing pretty much full-time mid in those games, wasn't he? Yeah. And now, he's not probably going to play that role at Essendon, do you think? No, but early on he can. Early on there's a fair chance he's going to be pinch hitting in that midfield. So, that's, that was my next question. So, mm. if the injuries keep rolling the way they do, who's really left to come in? Because I thought players like Zach Merritt were supposed to be out, but he played last week. There's Heppel still, still out, out. And then Zaha Rux probably plays in defence anyway. Mm. Is there that much? Is there any other mids for Sauce? There's a few someone? more. I'm trying to get the AFL injury list up, but the website links down. So oh, that's no good. Um, there's plenty of spots up for grabs, man. Like, And they're not going to rush some of these guys back in here. Yeah, it's that's up true. Now. So, on the list still, you've got uh, Heppel, um, yeah, there's not too many other guys actually. Mitch yeah. Hibbard, but like a lot of these guys who are now off the list are kind of coming back in. They're pretty underdone. Exactly. Yeah. So, so have those guys aren't going to get as many midfield minutes. They might be playing, yes, but you're yeah. going to need guys like Snelling and uh, whoever else is bloody fit at the Bombers to kind of do a bit more grunt work than they would normally. So, you know, it might be a guys you, you play early and then maybe trade off if their value starts to taper off later in the year. Yeah, not a bad plan if you can find someone to buy them. Uh, we'll move on to Cole Langford. So, he'll be an interesting one, I guess, with the people like Dyson Heppel injured and if they do come in and, the, you know, the same kind of guys being underdone. So, he rotated between forward and midfield and he had 94 points from basically a full game. Mm-hmm. So, if Dyson Heppel is out, he's the one who probably, I think, most likely to see a spike from that midfield time. Um, Parrish might spend a bit more time in the midfield um, this year, but then... Yep. Means Langford will probably take that mid forward role that he played last year as well. Could be handy because he's probably likely to keep a mid forward role as a fantasy player. So I reckon he becomes another one who's like a good late viable option. Yeah, I kind of wrote him off last year as a bit too slow, and yeah, same. he couldn't really get a uh, spot in that in that Essendon side, which is a bit of a worry. So uh, really impressed or really happy, I suppose, to see that he could actually pull out those scores without kind of watching the game. I don't really know exactly what kind of role he played, but um, it was good to see him kind of get back to what he did uh, 2018. So, um, you know, if he can, can, if he's obviously, you know, if he can be fit, up and firing at this time of year. You know, it's just about taking the opportunity and he could be quite handy. Uh, the next player we'll talk about is Mr. Preseason himself, Jordan mm. Ridley. So, really good signs again. Last preseason, he went mental. Yeah. Um, the difference is last preseason, he was playing, he was rotating through the midfield. So, he was part of a midfield rotation from memory last year in the JLT series. I think it was cool back then. Yeah. Um, this time, he was playing on halfback flank. So, playing the defender role that he probably was likely to play until something else happened. We'll talk about that in a sec. Um, but yeah, 97 points, 21 disposals, seven marks, five tackles, playing a defense. Now, I've got written here, could slot into McKenna's role, but mm. McKenna turned up back on our shores Apparently this week. Would, yeah, he's so back. He's so that's home. good. So, that could put a line through that one. So, we'll have to wait and see there. But um, look, there was no Sard and no Redmond uh, yeah. in the Essendon defense on the weekend as well. Are those guys injured too, Kate? Uh No. They just were, didn't make the trip. Sard made the, the uh, All-Stars team. Oh, did he? Yep. Okay. And I don't know that. what Redmond was doing, but yep. um, yeah, I'm just not sure about. 
where he kind of fits in if Essendon are full strength. So, yes, he always does this each preseason, which is awesome. But uh, at the same time, I think that, you know, McKenna and Sard are going to get those halfback flanks. I think Redmond is safe as houses to lock down that back pocket role. Um, you know, where Ridley fits in, does he kind of steal like a Guelphy spot or someone else? You know, yeah. I don't know. So It's not set in stone, but I reckon there's some potential there. He has been for a while now, yeah. though. I'd be more than happy to take him this year as a flyer. Yeah. You know, it's just like... Where does he sit? I'm not too sure just yet. I'm pretty excited to see the Dons play this weekend. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next game, Kays. GWS versus Sydney. You look at this one. The Sydney Derby Derby, the Battle of the Bridge, preseason edition. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff. So hyped up. Uh, Sydney were poo. But uh, GWS, they were all systems go. So, as I touched on earlier, he's sure. Honestly, back to his best, 110 points at one point per minute, which is uh, fantastic. So, as I said, I wrote him off last year. I thought the his there was his last year. Last year, it wasn't. Uh, obviously, if the I reckon if the Giants won, he would have gone out in a high. But I think he still thinks as a sniff that the the Giants can win it this year, and I don't disagree with that. But uh, look, 25 touches, 19 kicks of those 25 touches, which is classic He's Shaw. 10 marks, just doing that little chip around in the back lines. Um, obviously, with as I said earlier, with Zach Williams out, I think his numbers will potentially improve a bit or definitely stick around that, um, you know, what he averaged, 80-odd average last year, which is absolutely fine. Yep. And with him taking the kick-ins, I think he's almost a must-have if you're flag hunting this year. Yeah, if, you, if you're if you chasing a flag this year, all you have to do is take one of those, um, I guess, draft kind of hype players from the 2019 draft, take someone like a Butterick or someone that's kind of got mm-hmm. a bit of hype going to preseason and Ash or something like that yep. and offer the trade-up for Heath Shaw and you've got yourself an 80 defender yep. um, for this season and uh, should take you close to a flag if he remains fit because yeah. uh, I can't see him dipping below the 80 mark no. and those 80 average defenders are gold when you're trying to flag up. Correct. Um, obviously, my boy Jackson Hately, 85 points at 0.9 points per minute. Um, look, I think it ended up being a, a genuine audition for Tim Taranto's role in the end and as I touched on earlier, you can hype on all you want about Green but uh, I'm pretty confident it's action Jackson season. So, a little bit naughty with his touches. He had more Ooh. handballs than kicks which is not great but uh-huh. uh, got forward, kicked the goal, laid a couple nice tackles. So, as I said, absolutely dominated the knee fall last year. Uh, he only had one score under 100. I just double-checked that. Uh, averaged 115, I think. So, he's absolutely a ball magnet. Deserves his chance in round one, and I reckon he will get it. So, if he's floating around in pools, if he's floating around in pools, I'd be taking him with my first round pick. Yeah, I reckon so too. He's at that point. We bang on about knee full scores not being mm. as competitive as it really should be. But if you look at someone like Jordan Dawson, who's someone we kind of identified on the back of last year, and in hindsight, that looked like a really no, like a no-brainer there. Mm. I think Haley's kind of this version of that, where it looks yep. like he's actually going to take that next step. He's standing out too well to be uh, to be a like a fabrication of what he could do. Correct. Uh, Rightio, Tom Green, the other hype boy, 76 points at 0.8 per minute. Everyone's talking about him uh, and it's probably... People were surprised. They were like, oh, where's this Tom Green come from? Well, if you listen to us, we were telling you about him, you know, November. In the the top 20 draftees mini episode for members. So, two goals, 21 touches, uh, a bit of a warning sign, just like uh, Haitley there. Six kicks and 15 handballs. So, not the kind of ratio we like to see, but, uh, you know, first-year player just doing his team thing. I think that's fine. I reckon he plays that support role. Haitley will get the first crack. I can actually see him playing in round one, but can I see him jumping straight into Tim Taranto's spot? No, thank you. So, uh, he's been a bit of a sleeper in some circles, but not anymore. And probably has to be a lock if you're playing the salary cap format. He's a he's kind of undervalued because he was an academy selection. So he was like always going to yeah he was always going to go to a, well, a bit different bow the bow because um, GWS couldn't kind of let him slide. But they could take him with his basically their, their first pick of the draft and because they made the grand final. They could trade up and took him boot earlier anyway um, using their their points. Um, but anyway, so there was he's a lot better than his draft position suggests. That said, this year's draft wasn't anywhere near the depth of talent as the previous previous year's draft as well. So, someone like Haitley or even Coldwell go in this year's draft, they go a lot earlier than they would have um, in this year's draft anyway. So, around the same spot as Green went. So, I know that uh, everyone kind of thinks that's the reason why he's not hyped enough and stuff like that. But midf- uh, the midfield at GWS just rolls way too deep to reliably um, think about some of this. Long term, I reckon he's a gun, but they're going to mm-hmm. have to trade some of these players away or some people, gonna, I just can't see how they, they, they all fit in and all dominate midfield-wise. So, that's the concern you've got with Green. Yes, he's a gun, but where does he get the opportunity? Yeah, I think he's going to make it 
count now while he can yeah. if he does get that chance. But, you know, once again, we saw Haley hardly get a sniff last year. So, yep. don't be too excited about going super early on him if you if you can avoid kind of pushing him back um, late. I think kind of let him let him roll. Yep. Uh, Sam Naismith from the Swans returned. He uh, had 67 points at one point per minute. Uh, hasn't played AFL for two years after just having a shocking run with injuries. Could he actually be the number one ruck for the Swans? So he's kind of come from nowhere in a way. But uh, 2017, I, I had him as a, as a rookie in our league. He was kind of showing all the right signs. Uh, back then, he was, you know, mid mid to early 20s. So it was going quite well for him. Then obviously, the, the issues happened there. So look, he only averaged 58 in his last full season in 2017, but uh, was showing some good signs. Had 28 hitouts on the weekend, which was actually five more than Source. Uh, Sinclair and Noel both played as well, but they only had 12 and 14 hitouts between them. So interesting to see kind of where that all sits this uh, season for the Swans. He gets around the ground pretty well for a big guy. Um, I think this week is going to be massive if you are a Callum Sinclair owner or kind of need a, another Ruckman waiting in the wings. Could Naismith be like someone who just comes out of left field and, and jumps uh, jumps Sinclair for that number one spot? I'm not too sure, but at the same time, it wouldn't really surprise me if um, Sydney played two big guys potentially or, um, you know, I know Sam Reid does it quite well as that backup Ruckman, but uh, I'm quite interested to see what happens this week with Sydney and Sam Naismith and see if he gets another chance at uh, the number one spot. Yeah, I think Sinclair and Naismith both play. I think Horse likes to play two Rucks uh, when he gets the chance and when they're fit. So I reckon they're both in the side. I reckon Naismith probably takes the number one Ruck and I think Sinclair spends a bit more time up forward just to kind of protect him a little bit more Because he well. is quite dangerous yeah, as a forward, Sinclair. exactly. Yeah. With Buddy out too, I know that they've got, uh, you talked about Reed and they've also got um, Blake uh, Blake Lee. Blakey. Blakey, sorry. Keep getting those two mixed up, the names mixed up. Uh, Blakey um, up there as well. Um, but I think Blakey can play that third tall really well if he doesn't have a key defender to lock him down. That said, Blakey did play as a key forward on the weekend with the sliding, but I just, I don't, I don't know. I think he's more damaging when he doesn't have to play it as tall. I think this week's the one you want to watch for, for a few teams who you're a bit unsure because they're probably likely to play a bit more of their, their stronger team. For sure. Uh, Harry Cunningham, uh, 74 points from him at 0.8 points per minute come back quite nicely and, and he's just really underrated for me always has been so he's only 26 uh, averaged 80 last year and 75 the year before which was his uh, actual full season was struggled a bit with injuries last year plays a lot taller than he is but really does accumulate the ball well uh, 21 touches for him on the weekend I think he's going to be one that's going to be in a lot of pools so what we talk about, we've talked about a lot of this preseason, may not be the sexiest pick. You may kind of just go, oh, look, I'll take someone else. But if you honestly want someone who's going to play every week, basically score that 75 to 80 each week, Harry Cunningham is your man. He's fit now. I think he's going to be a one that kind of blossoms this year, uh, especially seeing as Sydney lost a few guys from their defence. Yeah. I think he'll be one that takes on a bit more responsibility and could be a very handy asset to your back line. Yeah, I reckon if he didn't get injured last year, he was going to blossom last year. He was going to break out then. So I reckon this year probably will be Harry Cunningham's year, especially with the state of Sydney's list as well. There's not a lot going around there, so he should get his fair share of the pill. Um, yeah, get on board, I reckon. For sure. And lastly, Jordan Dawson. I don't know. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Where's the hype music? <laughs> hype Town, he's arrived. He's the mayor of Hype Town. Uh, is he too good for the pod now? Uh, he always has been. But I'm yeah. going to tell people to call their jets because Lloyd wasn't playing and those guys are going to eat points off of each other when yeah. they're playing. So 97 points at 0.8 per minute. It's not too bad, man. I think he was on like 88 at three-quarter time though as well. So he did a classic Dawson. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just worried about how Lloyd is going to affect him because we saw them really affect each other at the end of last season. Lloyd just fell off a cliff and Dawson wasn't going anywhere near as big as he was when he was playing kind of more of a midfield role. So is this a score that we could see him emulate in the season? Oh, well, yes, he could score a 97. An average, do you mean? Yeah. Of 97. Yeah. I don't think he's going to average that high, no. What's his average? Uh, high 80s. Okay. 88, I'm going to go with. So, cool your Jets. Yeah, a little bit. Fair enough. Yeah. Next game. All right, Fremantle versus Carlton. So, I've got to have a look at this one. I've got the kid to bed and actually, uh, yeah, got on the couch and had a couple of beers and had a look at this. So, uh, yeah, Lachlan Schultz is the first player I'm going to talk about. So, he had 107 points. He was absolutely every, uh, everywhere. Sorry, He had four goals from 14 possessions playing up forward. Um, had a few touches pushing up to the wing. I'm not sure if that was like a high half forward thing he was doing. It actually looked like a few centre bounces from memory. He was actually starting on the wing though. So, that was interesting too. Um, look, 
a lot of uh, players out. Walters was out. He's usually out forward. Fife um, was out of at the, at the midfield. So that kind of caused um, a few people to play in different spots, which probably gave him a, uh, a free reign um, up forward. But uh, look, just because he scored so well, not sold yet. You can't be sold on like a you know a smaller type forward like this um, early in preseason. There's always a few that kind of really stand out. But I definitely want to see him play again, and I've added him to the watch list just in case he can emulate this. Yeah, someone who I had was Dewan here on my radar, but uh, you know, average a reasonable eighty points last year in the net in the waffle. Sorry, which is good going. So for the waffle, it is for the waffle, it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's a few hundreds in there as well. So um, yeah, I don't know. Freeman was a bit of a funny one for me as to who's actually in their best twenty-two. Yeah. Um, another one for me just to watch this week and see how they line up with a few more uh, of their better players in. Yeah, not one that I'm really expecting to go big in mm. season, but he just did enough to kind of make you have just a look. A, for a sneaky late pick. Yeah, yeah. maybe. maybe. Yeah. He doesn't kind of play the role that I like to pick up, but who knows? You don't like anyone that plays forward, man. Yeah, unless, now, you're, now you're being mean against small forwards. Unless so you they, hate big forwards, you hate small forwards. Unless they have a clear run in the midfield is the only type of forwards I like picking up. Um, or I pick up key forwards really, really late with my last picks. In. Yeah, and look, he's getting on the key forward train. Getting on the key forward train. And expect to drop them the season after. They're just hole fillers, mate. All right, uh, let's talk about uh, Blake Aker. So he had 104 from 69% time on ground. So that's some pretty good going there. Um, started on halfback, which is interesting, but spent some time on the wing too. Um, here's another bloke that was just everywhere for Fremantle as well. I really like him for 2020. I can just, you know, new club. Um, looks like there's a few outside roles available for him. I can just really see him taking his fantasy game to the next level this season. Not surprised. I was keen on him last year. Obviously, didn't work out at St. Kilda. Seems to have kind of got that fantasy-friendly role, which we know he can play. Yeah, I'd be uh, super keen if I was an Acres man. Now, I don't really want to talk about this next guy, Case, because I hate it when I give you an uh, I, Come I told on. you so. Come on. All right, uh, let's talk about James Ace. So, yes. hell must have frozen over because Kay's actually got something Excuse right me, for I a change. most of it right. Maybe yeah. just a year too early sometimes. Ace, <laughs> um, look, he's playing on the wing. 100 points at one point per minute. Darcy Tucker not on the side, so that could be something he's to injured. think about. Well, yeah, but he won't be injured all season. True. So, but then by that, James Ace will be like a premium yeah. mover in the midfield for Fremantle. Yeah, who knows? But uh, look, he could actually compete for that wing role if he doesn't have a lockdown already. It's his. But, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. The coach but, loves him. He's just dominated a much yeah. series game. The other guys are injured. This is Ace season, I man. I think he might be onto something here, yes. And he's a back in ultimate this year. Oh, so beautiful. Well, well if he's available, then that, he's one to jump on. Get it on board. Be, he's probably going to be available in our draft too, so it should be a good get, I reckon. Please, yes. All right, uh, let's get on to someone I'm dying to talk about. That's Andrew Brayshaw. So he led the midfield brigade on the weekend. Uh, he had nine points at 1.2 points per minute so still only had the 60% time on ground this concerns me what was good about it was that time on ground was spent in the midfield so that's good good to see only averaged 71% time on ground last season so if he goes at this point per minute uh, scoring he's going to be fine but uh, look there's a number of reasons why you know this may have been low really it could just be trying stuff out in the the preseason fitness might not be at full scratch yet or it just could be the way he plays I'm hoping it's not that one but uh, look let's hopefully he can push those midfield numbers uh, but yeah, the positive was that his role was a full-time midfielder, didn't have none of that going forward rubbish, uh, played him in his best position and pumped out some, a decent score. Is it Akers, Aish or Brayshaw season? Brayshaw season, obviously. I think it's Aish season. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> no bias shown there. Uh, Adam Chair is another one that a lot of people are talking about. So he started in defence, which was a worry, but spent more time in the midfield later. He had 83 from 67% time on ground, which is positive signs for this year. So both of those guys played pretty low time on ground. So hopefully that's just not a sign and it's just they were just trying to get people through the midfield and get them mm. through the game. Mm. Um, look, he looked class though. Like So Chera for me is... And it kind of worries me a little bit. He's just real class. So, like, great decision-making, good skills. I'm just not sure he's an accumulator yet. Um, he's almost seems to be a quality over quantity at the moment. But I have, ev- like, every confidence that that could build and he could become a good fantasy scorer. He did float in and out of the game a little bit as well. So, he had little patches where he'd score really well and then would go missing for a little bit. Look, I'm sure he's going to turn into, like, the 90-plus type season, um, like, eventually. So, per season per average. But um, I don't think it's going to be this season or anything like that. I still think we're going to get some pretty lean scores every now and then from Chera. He's not going to be the breakout candidate. I think that people are hoping that he's going to go 100 plus and stuff like that. But I do think there's potential for the future here. Look, as a backman in fantasy, like, fine. Like, yeah. you can still be- a He's bit, not going to be a backman for long, though. Yeah, but you can still be a bit shit this year and get away with it yeah, as, yeah. as backstutters. So, look, if you're keen on him, even if you think that's going to be next year- He's a year, definite keeper if you've yeah, got him. Yeah. yeah so, sure. um, you know, I can't see why you wouldn't be keeping him and it's going to be 
hard to uh, get him off someone going forward, I think. Uh, Mark Pitney, moving on to Carlton now. So he scored 65, but only spent 40% time on ground. Cruiser sat out the whole second half, which is mm-hmm. interesting as well. Probably just another one they're trying to get through yep. uh, without getting injured. So he went at 1.4 points per minute, Mark Pitney did. So he had 19, hit, 19 hitouts in that time too. For me, he offers more than just a handcuff to Cruiser. So yep. if you own Cruiser and you're expecting Pitney to slip to the late rounds and you just pick him up as your handcuff, that's not going to happen. You're going to nope. have to go kind early on him I think you're going to have to get him you know in your first probably five picks depending on how many you keep and things like that um, but yeah you're going to have to get him quite early you're not going to be able to leave him to your last pick of the draft and just pick up your handcuff there because he offers so much more and we know Cruz's um, injury history as well so there's a very good chance that he's number one ruck by the end of the season and he looks like he's the number one ruck that could actually score reasonably well Case. Yeah and he's a lot younger than Cruz too so yeah. I am all over Mark Pitney as like being the, the perfect evil foil yeah. like you know like go earlier than the guy who's got Cruiser because Cruiser's not going to last too much longer and you're going to have end up having like two number one rucks on your side. Now, the guy who owns Cruiser in our league is notorious for not taking a backup ruck or at least the right backup ruck that will actually play. Mm -hmm. So, if you're listening to this right now, you need to take Pitney with your first draft pick. Yes. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I pick one. Definitely uh, take Pitney first round, man. <laughs> but if you look at his scores in the NEFL last year, he averaged 98, uh, had games of like 144, 131, 121. The guy can go big, man. So, uh, I just, I actually really like him as a, as a prospect. Like, I think it's a, he's, it's the perfect time to jump on board and kind of get the next wave of, of number one right. Could be this year's Tim English, Cave. Uh, well, no one's that good, but you know. <laughs> uh, and Tim English is training the house down, apparently. Okay. Best preseason ever, someone said. Isn't he like 90 kilos now? Yeah, he's so, like a whole yeah. normal size human. Like, yeah. he's going to be absolutely massive. Instead this of year. a bean pole. But yeah, anyway, speak. getting back to Pitney, um, I'm, I'm super keen on him this year. I think he can absolutely do some damage in the AFL. All right, let's move on to Zach Fisher. So he played in the midfield and had 27 possessions. So obviously, no Crips, no Murphy. Probably not going to see this story come, the, come round one. But he did spend a lot more midfield time than Martin, which I think is a positive. So my concern was that Martin would come in and perhaps even push Fisher out of the side. Mm-hmm. But it looks like Martin was playing a lot more up forward and hopefully we're seeing Fisher being, I guess Fisher was quite vital in that mid-forward role. Hopefully we're seeing Fisher push back into the midfield to play that full-time mid-role, which would be good for his scoring. Martin only had 50% time on ground though, so that was the other thing as well that's uh, a bit concerning. Um, so yeah, look, hopefully he spends more time in the midfield. Don't get too excited due to the outs. Again, no Crips because of the All-Stars game, no Murphy because of the injury. Um, and I don't really know how much he's going to play this year, but look, it could be it could be good signs. Does this every preseason okay? So last year he was picked up yeah. with pick three in our draft yeah. because he had this huge preseason. And now um, he's delisted. Yeah. No, he's in my side and I'm going to keep him. Yeah. Yeah. Delist him. No, I'm going to keep him. Damn it. Um, only because, though, I don't have much more to keep. So, I, yeah. Carlton is a really, really worrying sign in terms of that wing, half forward, even half back role. Like, they just seem to have so many people of that same kind of stature, calibre size. So, you know, Fisher, Nunes, Martin, Cunningham, uh, Kennedy, like, there's so many of them. Yeah. So. I, I want to watch them this week and see kind of maybe who's their best 22. I think this time last year we had less of an idea though with all those players and where they're going to play. It looks like Cunningham probably is going to play outside half forward flank, maybe a wing if he's lucky. Kennedy's definitely going to play out forward. I think it's down to the, the last few. You've got obviously got your Walsh. You've obviously got your Crips. I wouldn't be surprised if Mur- Murphy maybe moved to a halfback flank or something like that this year. Um, although we say that every year with these older types and they generally end up doesn't happening. So it does kind of to me leave a door open. For, I think Kerno's going to move out. That's another one. I think it does um, leave a door open for Fisher. I think it's the direction they want to go. Fingers crossed it is anyway. Yeah, he needs to show a bit more fantasy game, I think. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about David Cunningham, lastly, for Carlton. So, he played on a wing. He had 60 from 64% time on ground. Not horrible, but uh, I guess you'd kind of hope for more um, if he's someone you're going to be thinking about taking in your draft, unless it's going to be really late. Um, the positive was he was playing on that wing, and he did a bit of that last year. So, hopefully, that's just a sign that that's a future role for him. Issue is, he probably won't be that forward that he is in ultimate footy. I think he's a forward. Yeah, he's a forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that's the only issue there. He might be a full-time wingman and not be... Um, you know, a huge scorer going forward. But this year, if he's named as a forward and he's playing on a wing, there could be some value there. Yeah, I, I really like Cunningham. He's been going to be now uh, Paul this year, and I'd like to take him, uh, you know, early-ish because I think he's got a fair bit of talent. He seems to be best 22, clearly, these days. They, lo- they yeah. like to play him, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm quite hot on him in 
this season. All right, and the last match of the weekend that was Richmond versus Collingwood. Casey, look at this one. I did. I watched it on the couch. Um, so starting off, Darcy Cameron, 107 points at 1.2 points per minute. So really, all I was thinking when I was watching him basically dominate was uh, why the did he move to Collingwood? He could be Sydney's, Sydney's number one right this year and absolutely carving up. So, showed he can score, hold his own at the AFL level, kick two goals, 20 hit outs, seven marks, four tackles, genuinely did it all. So, he has to be a must-have handcuff now if you're a uh, Grundy owner. I don't think you really go out of your way to pinch Cameron as a non-handcuff just yet because, you know, unless Grundy goes down, it's, um, you know, it's not really going to be that viable. Um, but it's really going to come down to will Cox play or will Cameron play? So who is the better option up forward? You know, like Cox has showed he can do it in the past. Cameron did it pretty well in the weekend, kicking a couple goals. You know, what do you reckon, Have Cox has shown he can do it in one prelim final two mm. years or year and a bit ago. Look, I think we're starting to see the real reason why Cameron was recruited and they're looking for a Cox replacement. Someone who's got a bit more footy now than Cox actually does and doesn't just rely on being 100 feet tall um, sitting in the goal square. So I think they actually want to play him as a forward and a backup ruck because I don't think Cox, despite being super tall, he doesn't really offer as much in the ruck because he doesn't have the tank to really go. Mm. Whereas I think Cameron can play a Cox role but be a bit more useful around the ground as well. So I think we might be seeing the real reason why he was recruited. Now, does that mean good things for his fantasy scoring? Absolutely not. But um, he might actually play and he still doesn't offer too much more than a handcuff for Grundy. But he could be something worth taking earlier than last and taking it just to kind of have a bit of leverage over the guy who does own Grundy. He's a ruck, he's a ruck forward. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's, you know, it's not the worst guy to kind of stash on your bench but if you need. my point is that the guy who owns Grundy would really want Cameron. So, True. if you could take him in a draft just to be a bit of a disruptor in just your draft. Just to be a bit sneaky. Yeah, and have a bit of value there because who knows when he's going to come knocking for a ruckman when Grody, uh, Brody Grundy does a hamstring or something like that. True. Who knows? Uh, move on to the next player. Yeah, sorry, mate. Uh, John Noble, 88 points for him at 09 points per minute. Very handy little game from Johnny Boy. For me, he just looks like a really nice accumulator uh, back there. 23 touches, 15 kicks, eight handballs. We love that kind of ratio. For me, I think he's really locked in that back pocket spot at the Pies. Um, one who's going to be in a lot of pools because he was a top-up player last year. I thought he was just really serviceable all of last year um, for the for the Collingwood backline. Um, look, to can basically continue that on. Um in this preseason after his three games there last year. So, uh, I think, you know, Maynard, Crisp, obviously will be the big drivers off halfback, but uh, I think Noble can play a, a good part in your fantasy side as maybe a, a D4, D5. He looks like a player that Colin would want to use going out of defence, and he actually really commands the ball. So, I've said that a few times in this podcast, but I really believe that. He's one that the players actually look for coming out of defence. So, yeah, one I think that actually could be best 22. I know we played finals for him last year, but it was only played the last three games and then mm. two finals. So, wasn't 100% sure when they've got like a fully fit list who comes in. Plus, you know, the development of guys like Quainer coming through could jump into a spot like that as well. Yeah. But no, I think he's actually in the best 22. Don't think he's going to score this well every week. But again, another one who's a handy later pickup for defenders because, again, we know the scarcity. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the last one for Collingwood is our boy Callum Brown. So, you get the 68 points from 0.8 points per minute. Kind of wanted to see a bit more from him, really. Um, had the opportunity to get amongst it a bit more on the weekend. Had the 14 touches, uh, eight tackles, which basically made up half of his points. So we do love the tacklers, but uh, I think he needs to jump into that midfield role. Now, True Law is out for a few weeks. Is this his chance to kind of jump into that midfield and show something? Or will we see, you know, those Sire, Wills kind of guys come in and take those potential points? I think the latter is more likely. The good thing about Brown, though, is he's never, I don't think he's ever really going to be a full-time midfielder, maybe later on in his career, but in the next few years, I can't really see it. The good thing, though, is he'll have stints and he'll keep that forward status and then boost those numbers up probably, you know, 10, 20 points a game, push into that 80 mark as opposed to going 60 every week. Yep. So, I think... Whilst I don't think he'll be moving to a full-time midfield role or anything like that anytime soon, I still think he's going to be a handy option. And with someone like Trelaw out, just kind of gives him a few more rotations through the midfield than he probably wouldn't get. Yeah, and what I like about Brown is he's definitely best 22. Even, you know, when you've got Elliot, um, Thomas, all those guys running through that side, like he always is playing. So I think yeah. he's definitely in there. Yeah, and yeah. hopefully you just want to see them, you know, 
put a bit more faith in him and run through that midfield more. Any so. kid like him with the pedigree he's got, you're worth just snapping him up and holding on to him just to yeah. see how we go. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, on to the Tigers. Jaden Short. Uh, good to see this. This is the role we knew he could play. 103 points at one point per minute. Obviously, there was no bash art, so, um, you know, Obviously, his score has probably been a bit higher because of that and it wasn't what we saw last year, but this is why all owners should keep the faith. 28 touches from him, uh, 18 kicks, took the kick-ins. Will he do this in the season though? That's the big question. Or will it go back to Bash when he kind of comes in? So, it's a tough one because will there be the big tons like this or will it just kind of be the 70s like we saw last year? So, is a lot dependent on Bashar Hawley, but um, 2021... He's got to be going bananas and it might be a frustrating year for you if you're holding him, especially while uh, Hooli should be playing most this season, but you just got to keep the faith of him even if it goes a bit sour this year. Yeah, he's definitely next in line as that best like fantasy scorer out of uh, Richmond's defense. So whether it happens this year or not, it'll most likely happen when Hooli retires. I still reckon he's got a potential to go, you know, 80 plus this year and become He could still super be massive this year. Yeah, yeah, you know, like Brandon Ellis is gone. Exactly. Um, he was know. more on the wing by the end of last year. True, but, but it kind of that, you know. Well, you're going to have someone like Sydney Stack probably move up the yeah. role or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, there's going to be more opportunity as a result. Uh, Liam Baker, another one that really impressed me last year. It was very impressive on Sunday too. 102 points from one point per minute. Uh, really the game I wanted to see from him because he showed glimpses of what he could do last year and really took his opportunity on the weekend. So what's awesome about Liam Baker in 2020 is he's forward listed and was everywhere on the weekend, even played a bit down back. So 30 touches from him, almost would have to be a PB in the AFL. Uh, very nice outing, just racking up 30 touches, even in a preseason game. The, op- the question is, will he get this kind of opportunity week in, week out in that Richmond side? It's a tough one. I'm not, I'm not sure that he's going to kind of get the freedom like he did on the weekend. Obviously, there was a few good players out for Richmond uh, in that All-Star game. But, you know, like Jack Graham's still on the on the comeback trail from injury. Um, you know, he could potentially take some midfield minutes there early on in the season. Um, I just think he's someone you want to have in your side because he's definitely handy. Showed it last year and this is the game you want to see in the preseason from him. Yeah, look, to me, it seemed like he was kind of just playing the role that Dusty Martin would usually play, and he wasn't obviously playing because of the All-Stars game. So, it's kind of like they just chucked him into that slot and said, here, see how you go. For me, though, you know, players like, um, I guess, Butler leaving, that's his forward role, I think, that kind of opens up for him. He might see a few more numbers this year as a result of someone like Butler leaving, but I don't think the role that he played on the weekend is going to be suggestive of what he plays in the season. Yeah, I'm still quite keen on him this year, especially with that forward status. So, uh, one to monitor in your drafts. Cool. Sydney Stack, 61 points at 0.7 points per minute. One that kind of worked into the game and looked solid enough, I suppose. Someone like him is going to be available in a lot of uh, pools because of where he was uh, kind of coming to the competition last year. So, played a lot down back on the weekend, but all the preseason talk was that he was kind of playing that forward role, kicking goals. So it's a bit of a weird one as to where he's actually going to sit into that, sit in that Richmond side this year. I really like him. I think he's going to be a great fantasy player, you know, maybe not this year, but next year and into the future. I want to look at him this weekend and see exactly where he's playing when they are playing more of a full strength side. Um, as a defender, I think he's definitely a must take this year. Um, but if he kind of plays that forward role, that's where it's going to become a bit of a an iffy one. And if he's going to, you know, his points are going to drop from what he was doing last year. But at least he will be in pools. As a back status player, I think he's one you can just roll the dice on. Might go a bit earlier than you want someone like him to go. But um, if you think he's got that potential like I do, I think you kind of have to go early on in him in this year's draft. Yeah, look, going on, he's not that, I don't know what it is about him. There's something about him that for me that just says, He's not going to be a fantasy superstar, but he's going to be a great contributor for keeper leagues. So it makes him be tentative to go earlier on him because he's likely someone to be that will probably go in the first round of our draft, he, I think. Yeah, yeah and he, I'm happy to pass on him for that factor. I think he's ultimately going to be a quality, one of those quality over quantity types yeah. um, eventually. So, But I think he's still going to be a handy contributor to your keeper league teams. You know, going at your 70, 80 every week yeah, from, he, as a defender type he's thing. He's a tough one because obviously I've got pick one in our home league, so I'm probably leaning towards... You were really hot on him earlier. I was really year. hot on him earlier. And yeah. I thought I would take him almost pick one, but I was kind of, you know, just what the, the reports have been coming through from Richmond this preseason. I also have picked nine in the draft. So that's where I'm hoping if he kind of gets to there and I've, I've managed to lock in Rao, maybe I'm happy to take the punts him in at nine. Um, but still, there's just that slight worry that uh, he might not be exactly what you want him to be. 
All right. Um, any other players you want to talk about from that game, Case? Yeah, I suppose like there's been a lot of hype just from my eyes, like um, Riley, Collier Dawkins, um, Shy Bolton, Marlon Pickett. They all didn't really score very well on the weekend. They all had bad points per minute scores as well. So just a little trick, you know, like these are the games you've got to go monitor and like see how they go next week. Yes. But like um, RCD has been getting some massive hype because he's a, a rookie in in fan, in um, uh, salary cap. You know, Pickett's the same. They're getting a lot more hype than they potentially should be. And we hadn't, really haven't seen that scoring in their past. So just, you know, monitor them, but don't get caught up in salary cap hype is my kind of tip of the week. All right, that wraps up all of the games from the weekend. Uh, we'll quickly talk about the membership and we'll go through a, uh, a review on uh, Apple Podcast. But yeah, membership. So at the moment, this isn't a membership thing. This is public to all, but uh, we're putting up the points per minute adjuster scores as well as uh, publishing all our keepers from our Podcasters League daily for the next uh, few days. All 10 teams will be out by Friday. Um, we've also got the state league scores, the drafty scores, the breakout tracker up there for you guys. Rankings and mini episodes uh, came out uh, a few weeks ago. I'm actually going to revisit my rankings over this week uh, since we've had a look at every team. Um, so we'll go through and update those. Uh, probably Thursday night we'll have a look at those. Um, so stay tuned for a few updates there. Um, again, the Gold Members Facebook group, uh, that's absolutely going off still. More people kind of even just upgrading their memberships to get in on this it's so awesome just to actually get advice non-biased advice it's actually so hard to put out you know keeper questions find a group of people to put out your keeper questions to and that aren't in your league and don't mm. want to just rip you off or take advantage of you so Correct. and um there's just a f- like a few blokes in particular but most of the group in general they just live and breathe this stuff and give i just love giving advice on this stuff so it's um it's good to actually see Kays and i we get on there as often as we can but it seems to be going pretty mental <laughs> don't even doing. need us <laughs> it's hard to keep up like yeah so um we try to get in there as much as we can but when we're working on the pod uh, it's just great to have uh, our listeners who are on a similar fantasy level to us are absolute fanatics to be answering questions on there too so thank you to all our gold members that are on there as well for making it such a great place and such a i guess positive environment for fantasy coaches out there as well for sure uh each week we read out uh five gold members um, so we don't have time to read them all out in one podcast but I'll read them out this week okay so Go for it. Um, gold members to mention this week uh, spontaneous trade uh, it's a weird name um, that your parents have called you spontaneous trade but uh, what do you do when your last name's trade I don't know though? you have to call your kid spontaneous I think yeah. or um, yeah I don't know if there's another, another word that could go before you yeah, dodgy trade bad trade <laughs> yeah. I know good trade even yeah, yeah. who knows uh, Daniel Miller Brennan Scanlon, Greg Watt, and uh, look, Calvin Bent from Dream Team Talk. So that's uh, Cow. Even the professionals are signing up to the uh, the gold membership service here. So um, look, it must offer something. Um, so, you know, the proof's in the pudding, I guess, there. So have a have a look at that if you're interested. It also just supports the podcast as well, keeps us going. Everything we make, we put back into the podcast. Um, we've got some cool stuff in the works for uh, our listeners too on the back of some of the, the funds that have come into this as well. So just stay tuned uh, to our socials and to our podcast over the next few weeks to find out what that could be um look if you're keen on signing up all the join links are in the description just look below your podcast whatever you're listening to it on uh click the link and have a look at the membership options and if you're keen to give us some support uh think about signing up and cheers if you do uh all right cool we'll move on to a podcast review so again we're down to our last podcast review case the last one on the list that we haven't read out yet so if you haven't done it and you're an apple user Jump on the podcast review. It helps us climb the rankings, all that sort of stuff. Um, but also gives us something to read out on the pod as well. Okay, so do you want to read this one out? Yeah, this is from Henry C. A true pod. This pod is excellent for finding the diamonds in the rough late in the draft. I won my league last year thanks to the additional info I got through the Keeper League. Their content was crucial in helping me decide who to target with my last few picks. Very engaging on social media and great membership content. Keep up the great work, fellas. Thank you, Henry. And uh, yeah, I've been. I talked to Henry quite a bit. Uh, we're in constant uh, dialogue on the on the messenger, uh, so I know who this is. And that's what we do for our members. Really, we're constantly in chats and take private messages and field private uh, chats and all that sort of stuff to give you guys uh, help. So um, yeah, jump on and uh, yeah, that's the kind of the stuff we're into. So it's yeah. go time this time of year too. Definitely, uh, the inbox is lighting up on a, <laughs> almost every minute. <laughs> so it's, no wonder I'm so far behind at work. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the listener questions. Moving on to the listener questions. Uh, quite a few coming in this week. Quite a few about Tim Taranto and Tom Green. Actually, a shitload. So, apologies if you asked a question about one of those guys and we don't answer it because 
basically we got hundred we have repeats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. We've we've probably already done it to be honest, but we'll answer probably one or two of them anyway. Uh, all right, guys, what's the first question uh, from Scott Ridquist? Uh, how do you see Lipinski tracking this year? I think he's an unreal talent. The thing that worries me this year is I just don't know where the extra points are coming from. So Bont, McRae, Dunkley, obviously the best mid, one of the best midfields going around. Correct. The top three, absolute primo. They're your three starters. Then you've got. Blokes like Bailey Smith, who I think will really get a lot more midfield minutes. We saw it at the end of last season, he did. So you got him jumping in there. Mm-hmm. Then I know this is a bit of a stretch, but you got people like Wallace and McLean finally having a year where they're not affected by injury, I think, as well. So just I'm not saying they're definitely going to move into more midfield time, but there's a chance that they could really hinder his numbers. I don't think he's going to go backwards at all. I still think he'll be around that 80 mark, but I'm not sure how much he'll improve. What do you think? Uh, I'm massive Olympinski. I just love him as a player, and I just. Yeah, I, I do agree with that that call where I don't see where there's going to be a huge jump in improvement. But at the same time, as a as a mid-forward DPP going around that 80 mark, I think that's purely great. The good thing, he'll probably keep forward status. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's probably that's the best huge. thing about it. Yeah. And if he can, he could be one of those great forward mids that's going to be, you know, that 80, 85 average for a couple of years. And then, you know, once a midfield spot opens up or someone gets injured, then he kind of comes in and just takes his game to the next level. So I don't think you're ever going to lose drafting someone like Lipinski. I think he's shown what he can do in a sky side that has been, you know, basically full strength for since he's really been, you know, playing that good footy. So I think he's a, a must-have if you can in your, in your keeper legs. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this next one. This one's from Scott Cutler. Mm-hmm. You can only keep one, and I know you own both of these guys in the preseason, am I correct? Uh, I've Stevenson. owned both of them previously. Oh, Stevenson or Rockcliffe. So you can yes. only keep one. Yes. Who are you keeping? Right, well, I traded out Rockcliffe this preseason. I actually delisted Stevenson the year prior, so Ooh, not the greatest ouch. decision. Well, but uh, he missed like 10 rounds yeah, last he did. year. So. Naughty <laughs> sports bet, uh, uh, Jaden. But um, yeah, look... I think that Stevenson could actually really go to another level. Same. Like, I think that he could be a genuine, fantastic mid of the future. Will it be this year? I don't know. Yeah. You know, like, if you're going for a flag this year, I think Rocky's one that you might like to have in there because he. there's nothing saying that he can't go, like, 120 or 100 even this year as a mid. Yeah. But he's probably just one badish injury away from, you know, I basically the being the end. I think the end is nigh. With Rockcliffe. Like he's, you're right. He's still going to go probably around the 100 mark, mm. but he's not far away, I think, from yeah. falling off a cliff sometime soon. Yeah. Whereas Stevenson, I can see being a gun for yeah. the future. For me, look. For, Depends I, where your know, team's at. Yeah. I, I got rid of Rocky for pick nine this year and a couple other selections down the line. So for me, I'm happy to, my, my team's probably not quite there this year. So I'm happy to give Rockcliffe to someone who thinks they're around the mark. So, and it wasn't the evil. Uh, nemesis who I always trade my players to <laughs> and FYI. let him win the flag no nah, but like I you know <laughs> I think there's enough risk to not take Rocky yeah in terms of his body um, yeah depends where you're at Scott but uh, if you're going long long term I think I'd take Stevenson yeah okay I agree um Rocky has to be one of the most um, owned players in our league, I reckon. He's swapped around so many teams since mm. uh, our initial draft. So, yes. I wonder how he goes in other leagues because by the <laughs> sounds, by there's lots of trades involving him we get yeah. asked about as well. So, I think he gets thrown around a lot too because he goes big but he's so untrustworthy. Yeah. So, he makes him a good little trade option there, I think. Okay, uh, Russ2468, regular on the questions here. Um, who in your home league has the kiss of death when it comes to trades? A league mate offered me Blake Hardwick and another coach, Tim Tarando. So shortly after the offers, they went down with long-term injuries. Thankfully, the trade offers were rejected. Well done, Ross. I can't believe you turned down Tim Taranto. It must have been one hell of a bad deal the other way. Uh, look, I probably am the worst trader in the in the league, just in terms of what's happened. You know, I traded out Josh Dunkley last year, then he decided to go big. That's probably the one that hurts me the most. Yeah. Um, you, wor- you literally traded him out. The week before he got moved into the midfield yeah. and just went huge. So yeah. I think he got a 150 the week after you traded him out. Yeah. He had about 76, I think, the week before. Yeah. So that's how it well, was awesome. That's how well it <laughs> went. And I haven't heard the uh, the end of it since. Crazy enough, I actually traded in Blake Hardwick this preseason because um, I actually thought he as a nice little breakout potential back as your kind of last keeper for me. So I was like, yep, I'm pretty keen on what uh, Blakey Boy can do this year. Obviously, now I've wasted a pick on that because uh, I can no longer keep him. I don't think I can uh, justify justify exactly, you know, holding someone who's only going to play half a season as that. 
risky last uh, keeper spot. So I've now had to waste another pick to get in uh, Hayden Crozier because my back line's pretty pretty dodgy. So I'm happy I've got Crozier and I'm actually quite keen on him this year. So happy with that. But um, yeah, I've kind of got the uh, the kiss of death so far this preseason with my Blake Hardwick trade. Yeah, you're definitely the person I would say has the kiss of death. But it's probably to do with as well, you trade the most because you just get so bored with your players. So I do. You're probably more likely to have uh, You can't more get them all right. Luck. Well, you're just likely to have a lot more bad luck if you've just got the most numbers of players rotating through your team, I think, as well. Potentially true. Yeah. Uh, Matt Punch, thoughts on Will Snelling, Hef? Uh, look, if, well, we talked about him before, so we won't go too long him. But yeah, if you can cement his spot in the best 22, which I think he should, he'll be the handy F4, I said F5 earlier, F4, F5, in that range. Um, yeah, I think it'd be handy to have in your side. For sure. Next question. Uh, Samuel Savides, uh, new keeper league, where in the draft do you pick Taranto now that he's out for three months? Oh, the first Taranto question? Oh, no, we've had him mentioned once before. Anyway. But this is actually a good question. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think he changes much from my current rank. So I ranked him at number two. I'm pretty sure you did too, Hef. Now, he might be one that's dropped just a bit slightly if you want someone who you know is going to play a full season. So maybe like someone like Josh Kelly for me would kind of jump up from three to two. But his age and what he's done in his short career, I just don't think you can be as worried as potentially you were with someone like Tom Mitchell who, you know, leg injury is a bit more tough than just a shoulder injury. So the shoulder injury doesn't worry me as much as like someone who's got uh, regular soft tissues or a knee or a broken leg. So he might drop down your ranking slightly, but no matter where you got him, I'd actually kind of hold firm on him because, yes, he might not have him for half this year. Yes, he might come good for the second half of the year, but... Depends if you think you're going to win it. If you're going out to win it this year, then potentially let him slide. But if you think that he's someone that you want to have in your team for the next 10 years, then then hold firm on him, I think. I mentioned this earlier, but I'm in a startup keeper league draft right now. And we started on Monday. So he got injured on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Tim Taranto still went in the first round, yeah. even though it only came out today, being Tuesday when we're recording. Mm-hmm. Um, so a day ago, he still went in the first round. I think yeah. now... He slides a little bit, probably to your second, maybe third. If you think you've picked him on the third, you've got a steal there. Yeah, really. Oh, you've but got a massive steal, but, but I don't, I don't think, think he's going to get there. Yeah, no. yeah. So anyway, uh, it's a keeper league, so yeah. just keep that in mind. If you if you actually really really want him, sometimes you have to pay a little price. Yeah, correct. Uh, Stuart Churton, uh, he actually seconded up his tweet that he sent earlier on on <laughs> Asked us and two just wanted questions. to double down so put this to you ready but uh, he wants to throw in a third dimension to a question so he needs to keep two of these three Buddy Ablett and Tom McDonald he thinks all of them have pros and cons what are your views on McDonald's preseason prospects this year look good in round one of the Marsh series who would you be keeping, Hef? Now, I know Chirdo, because Chirdo was uh, in our league spotlight actually a few weeks ago. So, he mentioned that he won the flag last year yep. and he's looking up at uh, trying to win it again this year. So, he's probably looking, he's probably thinking along the lines keeping Buddy and Ablett because they probably in their heyday would have gone better, but I don't think that's the right option. I think you've got to keep Tom McDonald yep. just because you've got more future potential. Plus, he will average more than Buddy will this year. I'd, I'd be I happy tend to, to agree. Yeah, yeah, bet that. And I'd be keeping Ablett just because A, he's not injured, B, he'll get midfield, midfield time um, and C, He's not a key forward, so yeah. Uh, the the slow start to Buddy's Buddy's season, sorry, is um, yeah, it's a, a, worry. a real worry for me. I don't uh, think his head's in anymore. He knows that Sydney are in a rebuild. He knows that he's set for life with the cash he's yeah. on. He'll still play and still have some good games. Yeah, but yeah. will he play twenty games? No, he's probably more likely to play twelve. Yeah, you know, six or eight of them being good. That said, and I don't condone keeping him at all. So he's still third on my list. He's mm-hmm. the type that you could play in round twenty three. I don't know if Sydney are playing, and he could just kick like seven goals and do something freakish oh. like that. But the other thing is that you could put him back in the pool, and people probably aren't going to touch him till. Yeah, you probably get him anyway. back actually. Yeah. Yeah. You could get him back for, you know, a scummy little pick. So, yeah, nothing to worry about putting a good him point. back in the pool. Yeah. Uh, at Trav014, are Tyson and Hall in North Melbourne's best 22 or was that just poor recruiting? I don't think they are in the best 22. What do you think? Um, at full of strength? Them, uh, Aaron Hall, did he play on the week last night? No, I don't night? think so. Yeah, none of them did because Dom Tyson was actually named and then uh, yeah, never, right. never played. So, I was actually, I actually watched that game and I was like, damn, I want to see Dom Tyson actually do something. But uh, Yeah, no, this weekend, obviously. But this weekend will be a big one. I think I think Tyson's probably more of a chance. He's, I think he's only 26. Hall's about 29. So, if someone's going to have a bit of a second, second life at North Melbourne, it might be Dom Tyson. But, you know, what's he going to score? Third club. There's too many worrying signs. So, if you... Yeah, I'd probably avoid 
Yeah. Although I wouldn't mind throwing a late or mid to late pick at Dom Tyson just as a as a roughie this year. I think the way that Gold Coast gave um, Hall up, there's something there, something going on that probably doesn't make him in a favourable position right now. I don't Whether think. it's work ethic or something yeah, like something that. Yeah, something like that. So I'm not sure about Hall. I, I agree. If you're going to pick two, I'd probably go Tyson just because I think more likely to get an opportunity this season. But um, yeah, look, I don't want either of them in my side, so I'll just be avoiding. Fair enough. At follow Craig 1-1. Is Mark Pitney a genuine chance to unseat or play with Cruiser in 2020 after the weekend's outstanding showing? Yeah, we touched on this earlier as well, but I think definitely the appointment numbers were good, points per minute numbers were good. Um, he's next in line at Carlton. Cruz is going to get injured anyway. So, yeah, he's definitely more than just a handcuffed. For sure. Uh, Nicholas James, uh, with Hardwick now out for the season, who can we expect to slot into the back six and what are their numbers like? So, CJ Jath, uh, Greaves or Scrimshaw, I think Hardwick will took a few kick-ins too, you reckon. So, mm-hmm. um, who do you think is going to slot in, Case? I think Scrimshaw's got the, the better talent of them. He was like a number seven draft pick a few years ago when he got onto the scene. Um, you know, he had a couple games in the 70s last year in the AFL. Um, some decent scores in uh, the... Um, What's it called? The VFL as well. I'm quite keen on him. Average 73 in the VFL. I think if he can average something like that in the AFL this year, kind of slotting into to his spot, I reckon that's really good. This is going to be a, you know, for, as we said before, I think this is going to be the week you want to watch what happens with Hawthorne. So, um, could be a, a number of players, but uh, could even be Harry Morrison. Hope not, Case. It won't Hope be. Not. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right. Uh, what's the last question? Last couple. Uh, last at Henry Katz, how worried should we be about Zach Williams' injury? Look, if it's that same Achilles, then definitely be worried. Um, he might not be consist- like consistent enough or consistently fit enough to rely on, but... By the sounds, he could play. Uh, could play the first week. So, uh, or sorry, could play by round two. They're saying so. It's only well, it's only reported to miss round one at the moment. So, monitor. I think Twitter was going off a little bit over it. It sounded a lot worse than it actually was. Mm. Our first feared. So, keep monitoring that one. Hopefully, he doesn't miss too much. I don't think. Yeah, I'm with you there. And lucky last question from at Liam Carroll 08. Pepsi Max or Coke Zero. Well, this is an easy one. The answer is neither. You only drink Remedy Kombucha, case. You do only drink Remedy Kombucha. <laughs> this is even a setup. Nah. Uh, well, he's going to round this off nicely, but I'm holding the Remedy uh, bottle to the uh, camera right now just so our viewers can get a, get a glimpse. This is what you should be drinking. None I of this do, uh, Pepsi Max, none of this Coke Zero. I do love Kombucha, but actually I don't really like Pepsi Max or Coke Zero. I don't like that that uh, sweetener that, taste. That fake sugar yeah, taste. No, so just, just drink just, normal Coke if you're you know, going to do it. Drink some Kombucha, mate. Remember, yeah, if you want to drink, if you're that desperate to drink some caffeinated beverage, yeah, I think the idea is that the they, want, they don't want the sugar. And this is I quit sugar endorsed kombucha right here. Get well, on there. Board. You go. Start mixing <laughs> uh, Bacardi with kombucha. It could be a real game changer. I don't know if that'll actually taste very nice, but you hey, know, you give know. it a go. Yeah, who knows? All right. Uh, I was hoping by the end of this case that wraps up the question. I was hoping by the end of this, uh, I'd be on the clock in the um, in my startup keeper league here because we're doing a slow draft and uh, we could make a live selection. But yeah. uh, in my league, we have um, Matt Tarrant, who is, I guess, a, uh, a a kind of large Adelaide musician, um, musician, magician, magician on Survivor a couple of years ago if you still watch that um, and he's on the clock surely he's doing a show I know he's currently in a show right now and I think it wraps up in one minute so he might get on the clock soon but unfortunately won't be able to do the uh, live pick on the show so we'll have to tweet out what I actually ended up taking Damn. Uh, and a few picks so anyway we'll wrap the show up then so uh, yeah uh, basically just get around us on our socials Facebook Twitter, Instagram, Keeper League Pod, uh, at Keeper League Pod, check those out. Uh, the website has so much uh, great fantasy, I guess Keeper League content. specific fantasy content. Uh, lots coming out. If you want to check out our keepers, um, I'm sure, Kays, you'll publish the draft results as well, who we, we end will. up taking. Yes. So um, those will be up early next week to give you an idea. Um, lots of drafts probably happening at the moment, I gather by the amount of messages I'm getting in my inbox. A heap. So, uh, yeah, good luck to everyone out there. Okay, sorry, anything else to add? Oh, I'm just saying, I think this is a big week in terms of, you know, figuring out who's in Huge. best 22s etc so yep. if you can try and watch as much uh, Mars Shoes this weekend because you get a good feel of you know who's yep. replacing Taranto yep. or who's replacing Hardwick so yep. make sure you tune in and uh, yeah yep. get cancel all other engagements yeah. um, you know don't Say see to your missus for a couple of days. Um, kiss <laughs> really your bunk it down. Kiss your kids, yeah, and lock yourself into your into your lounge room and really do some study this week um, because, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a make or break time for fantasy, I think. This is the weekend to do it. All right. Uh, check our socials. Sorry, check our links in the description below for all the links to get to all of our content. And, yeah, we'll uh, wrap it up. So have a good week. See you, guys.